Hello and welcome to another episode of Nerds Amalgamated. In case you missed last week, it's our new uh, podcast name we've transferred from Top Shelf Nerds. I'm the Professor and today we have Bucky and the DJ joining us. Hello, I'm Buck. Hello, I'm DJ. How have you been, DJ? I've been good, I've been good. Just good? Oh yeah, yeah, been good, I've been good. How about yourself, Professor? I've been pretty good. What about you, Bucky? I've been absolutely wiped out had um family staying with us for the last few days so a house full of kids i think i i I need to just sleep for a week to recover (laughs) you um not able to keep up even with your reputation as the crazy uncle oh no 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 that's the reason why i need to sleep for a week to just recover uh must have been a must have been a fun gig how long were they staying for um just a week oh it's not too bad a uh, week's a long time to spend with family any time. Especially when you've got a little nephew that has more energy than a nuclear power station. You've got to work out how to harness this. Uh, we, we've been th- saying that for years. Like, he just, there's just no stop. He just doesn't stop. Even when he falls asleep, he still keeps moving. If we do that, we could get a Nobel Prize. Speaking of which, our first topic today. Bucky, you uh, would like to tell us who won the Nobel Peace Prize of Medicine? Um, well, the Nobel Prize for medicine. Don't you okay. think the peace. I think the Peace Prize is the like penultimate special sort of thing. It's yeah. yeah. Must have um, a uh, typo in the show notes there, DJ. <coughs> <coughs> no, no, not the DJ. The DJ never stuffs up. <laughs> um, yeah, congratulations. I have to be shouted out to. A couple of amazing and brilliant minds um, for their discovery of how to prod a patient's immune system to fight cancer. For the, anyone who hasn't seen the story and kept up to date with Nobel Prizes, um, we've got James Allison and Tasuka Honjo. 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 Yeah. Sorry if I mispronounce your name there, mate. Um, yeah, they've garnered the Nobel Prize in Physiology or Medicine for their fantastic work that was announced on October 1st in a news conference. So absolutely amazing Yeah, it's for the discovery of cancer therapy by inhibition of negative immune regulation. Wow, that sounds like a mouthful. Yeah. You know what else is a mouthful? The prize of 9 million kroner that they get to share between themselves. Not bad. Which is just over a million dollars. I was about to say I'll look up the conversion rate. Yeah. Which um which country does the peace the Nobel Prize? Um Sweden, I, know it's I, in, think. I think it's Sweden because it's in Stockholm. Yeah, Sweden. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it's you gotta love the fact that it's always aimed at just trying to help improve humanity in such a simple, easy way. Yeah, and um, it was created by Alfred Alfred. Noble, who felt like shit because he invented TNT and killed a bunch of people. Well, no, no, no. See, this is the thing. Um, He invented TNT for mining purposes, etc. He didn't develop it for weaponry. It It was just abused and used for something other than what he wanted it for. So, hence the reason why he's doing this. Yeah, they have a couple of um, with the awards with the Nobel with the Nobel prizes. There were a couple of other awards has been announced this week as well. They had mm-hmm. the uh, laureate for, Nobel laureate for physics. Yeah, announced so the award the and who was that? Gerard Moreau and Donna Strickland, and they're for the groundbreaking inventions in the and field. What was the, what 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 did they actually do? Yeah, that's uh, I was going to say for the groundbreaking invention in the field of laser physics. Oh, and Arthur Ashkin as well. He's also so involved. the three of them got it for lasers. Yeah, I love that you can just get a, an award for lasers. <laughs> uh, it'd be something in the um, delivery of lasers. Yeah, and chemistry also got then they announced for the chemistry as well. Uh, uh, Arnold, George Smith, and Sir Gregory Winter. Yep, the uh, Fran- oh, 
develop new ever for using evolution to develop new chemicals oh cool sort of like um sort of like machine learning but for chemistry yeah yeah um all the information's here in an article about it but if i started going through it i think i'd probably put half of it to sleep which yeah. I'm the conversion rate. We're not one third of life. Shout out to our other TNC podcast. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, the conversion rate, 9 million krona is $1.39 million, probably US. So, yeah. And that's Swedish krona. Here's what yep. was confusing me because I remembered seeing a uh, Nobel Prize Center in Oslo when I was there. Mm-hmm. It's the Nobel Peace Prize held in Oslo. Okay. All the other peace, all the other Nobel prizes are held in Stockholm. Mm-hmm. The, so everyone's hoping who's going to win the Peace Prize this year. So this is going to be interesting. Do you? Can you see anywhere who had it the last couple of years? Uh, peace Prize last year was the International Campaign to Abolish Nuclear Weapons, 2017. 2016 was Juan Manuel Santos. 2015 was the Tunisian National Dialogue Quartet. But the interesting one for this year is there's no Nobel Peace Prize for literature, apparently. No, that's uh, apparently being canned. I haven't actually read the reason why for that, though. But um, just something I just noticed, Um, Donna Strickland, the Nobel Prize winner for physics, um, the lady who coined the term the god particle has died not age 96 oh that's unfortunate so yeah brilliant lady like with if anyone ever wants to read through her research it's absolutely <coughs> mind-blowing so i just found out why they uh, canned the uh prize for literature and why was that uh scandals basically oh. certain scandals Okay. Yep. Um, sexual assault, financial misconduct. Yeah, that's but, a um, unfortunate situation. Yeah, but here's the, the the thing about the Nobel when they always do the announcements for the Nobel Peace Prize, they always have a big concert, which I don't understand why. <laughs> why have a big concert? It's a party to celebrate. Yeah the um, the scientific peace well the scientific Nobel prizes <clears throat> have a. Uh, a lecture, so why don't you have a concert? I mean, like Bill Nye style, get a, a rock band in. Hmm. Like when you look at all the bits and pieces that they've done, like what it what it's all about is it's purely a celebration of achievement in different fields. So you, you're going to have a party, but no no music. Kind of sucks. Uh, do you want uh hate to be the bearer of bad news? Apparently, they're not going to do it this this year. Apparently, you just keep bringing us more and more bad news. <laughs> this wow! Is, this early in the show, and it's already you, 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 you're crushing on the vibe. <laughs> wow! You ruin it all. <laughs> I should thank you for that, Bucky. Getting rid of him. I had to. I, oh, like and he's back. I will not tell you when my birthday party is because you've already ruined the Nobel Peace Prize party. <laughs> I actually just saw an article talking about Bob Dylan is apparently being considered as a Nobel Prize winner. He already won it. He did win it? You can yeah. get it twice. Yeah. I, uh, they're Curie talking about possibly considering him a second time. Oh, uh, sorry. Uh, uh, Victor, you were saying? Yeah, I said Marie Curie famously got it twice. Hmm. I think she was physics and chemistry. Yeah. And officially never properly trained at a university. She was self-taught. Yeah, she. Um, if I remember correctly, she learned a lot from her husband, and then went on and did so much uh, great work in with him in, uh, especially radiation. That mm-hmm. it's what we base all of our modern radiation physics off of. Uh, interesting trivia, guys. Uh, Mary Curie is not the only person that's won it twice. Uh, the UNHCR has won it twice um, for the Peace Prize. Uh, John mm-hmm. Bardeen has won it for physics twice, and chemistry went to Frederick Sanger. Interesting. So. Um, I, although I feel like the NHRC is sort of an outlier there because it's an organization. Yeah. Yeah, 
but because um, of the work that it does, and they want to recognise all the people rather than just one person for it, and that's how they operate. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I have no problem with giving it to an organisation, but uh, it seems easier to for an organisation to win it multiple times than an individual. Uh, yeah, especially one that does such fantastic work. Yeah. Yeah. So we've got lots of links that are going to be going in with the show notes this week, looking at the Nobel Prize. So feed your minds, people. Feed your minds. You can make money. <laughs> and it's also just fun. Yeah. 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 And especially for the physics Nobel Prize, you get to see just how much of modern science was only discovered 100 years ago. Mm-hmm. Although, anyway. um, I can't remember which scientist it was. In the, I think, can't remember if it was in his acceptance speech for his Nobel Prize or in an interview later. He said, the more we learn, the more we realise we don't know. The more we realise we don't know, the more we desire to learn. And the exponential factor which we learn is just becoming insanely hard to keep up with. Oh, yeah. Some, even computer science, which is a fairly young field, mm-hmm. is so big that no one can know it all. The, um, the author of uh, The mm-hmm. Art of Computer Programming admits mm-hmm. that in the foreword to his uh, fourth edition, where he explains that because it's so big and complicated, he has to um, publish it and go through a lengthy mm. review process with <clears throat> letting the public pick it to shreds just so he can get it at least mostly right. Mm-hmm. So, and that's one of the things you got to love with science. Like whenever you read a academically credible journal, every article in there has been torn to shreds by contemporary of the author that just look through to find anything that's at fault. And if it gets, and and by the time it actually gets published, it's probably been rejected at least 20 times beforehand. So, yeah, you got to love science. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, moving on, our next topic. I wanted to talk about the game Infinitroid. It's the indie game that has sold zero copies. <laughs> the uh, developer, Luke, Realized this the other day and wrote a blog post about it. Well, earlier this year, actually. The blog post is from February. But mm-hmm. he realized in four months, he's had 1,000 visitors to his game's website, but zero sales. <laughs> <laughs> and I, it's funny, but I feel bad for the guy. Hang on. Only four copies have sold. Yeah, that's um, sales, copies that he's given away, though. Um, oh, okay. Oh, actually, if we scroll further down, I think, um, off the top of my head, he said something along the lines of it being people who got a review copy and bought it again to support him. <laughs> it's, oh. it's really unfortunate that it's happened like this. So. But he makes a good point. Um I'm not going to read off the full article, <coughs> DJ, but he makes a good point about the flood of crap games. Mm-hmm. He has a table of annual Steam releases where in 2017, over 7,600 games came out. And that's more than any person can keep up with. It makes it almost impossible to get noticed. Yep. Yeah. yeah. I think it ultimately comes down to marketing. Yeah, and that's the tricky part because how do you market indie games well? Because you most likely don't have a big budget. You're not going to get very many sales. Even people who have uh, huge, huge followings are having trouble selling games at the moment. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> well, maybe, maybe, maybe you could say like, we are better than EA. This game is better than any game EA is doing right now. But no, that's the point. He has, pro- he has to prove it, because otherwise it becomes false advertising. Yep, and therefore liable for slander. Yeah, yeah. It's um, a point he makes in his conclusion. He says he could make it into an ethical game experiment, reduce the addictive qualities of the game, try to and try to benefit people's lives beyond just consuming their time. Which yeah. um, his options are that and focus on it as a purely hobby project. 
which I think is the way indie development has to go. It has to either do something um, hugely different to the mainstream, like being an ethical, unaddictive game. I'm not sure how well that would sell, though, considering addiction being the driver of so many games at the moment. Mm -hmm. It was a whole segment of my degree, um, studying what goes on in games to make them addictive. But you've either got to do that or you've got to do it as a, for the love of it, art project. I'm wondering if we'll see, um, people refer to it as the indie apocalypse, where the number of indie games came out, like, increased massively over the last couple of years. I wonder if Mm -hmm. now we'll see that reverse and we'll go back to a small number of high quality indie games. We can only hope so. Yeah. Like, nothing against, like, having such a massive variety of games. But if you're trying to get yourself noticed, um, the only option looking at those figures is zero cost. So if you're going to put it out there, put it out there for free, and you're more likely to have people start playing it and then just move from there. And then, God forbid, microtransactions. Well, no, no. I wouldn't even go microtransactions at the start. I would just let it, let it run free. Um, when you look at the success of PlayStation back in the early days, the games were only like thirty to fifty dollars, and you could and you you didn't have to do any microtransactions or whatever. I mean, you look at a lot of the PC games through the eighties. There was a lot of games that were just being shared amongst friends that were written by individuals who just gave them out for free amongst their friends. Oh yeah, and it was uh, the golden age of shareware. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, I'm surprised shareware hasn't come back because like, you know, um, it's a really good way to do a demo. You release a demo and then let people buy more content if they want it. Well, so like, um, you had, what was it Crystal Caves and I think um, the original Duke Nukem, some of the stuff for that was originally done as a shareware. Yeah. Um, the first Prince chapter of Quake was a shareware product. Prince of Persia, I think, originally was shareware. Yeah, but then there's then nowadays it's more Kickstarter. Like any, like you have to if you have a project, you have to go through Kickstarter and get as much money as you can, and then do the whole thing. Yeah, but yeah. that's just you, that, that's just becoming a leech with, and you got scum sucking maggots that are being involved there that are ruining it, and People are just getting sick and tired of it. Speaking of scum sucking leeches, there was an update the other day for uh, what was the one we were talking about the other week? That was your one, um, Professor. Oh, um, the which game week? That, uh, a few weeks ago. The game that raised, I think it was $300 million from. from oh, Pre- Star like, Citizen. Star Citizen, that's it. To being sued for breach of contract. Oh, boy. And Is this about the uh, the, the engine. jam engine? Yeah, but from looking at some of the stuff, it looks like the this initial legal action is only the forerunner for a lot of extra legal action that will go later. So, yeah, I think I think Star Citizen's going to crash and burn in a massive way because they've been promising the world but delivering nothing. Yeah, and they've been. And they've been jamming on everyone else's franchises and just completely screwing things around. As much as I want to see Star Citizen as a full finished product, I'm not expecting much. At well the way things are looking, there may never be anything at all. No, it'd be it'd be like a Ponzi scheme, more like it. Well that's what it sounds well I don't know Ponzi scheme because he, he's not telling people that he's making their money. He it's just everyone's buying content to get and early releases. So, yeah, you'll probably see a massive class action for fraud. That would be... Uh, it's going to be interesting to watch. Mm-hmm. Citizen Con, I believe, yeah, starts soon. Oh, no, no, he yeah. started years ago. No, Citizen... Oh, right. <laughs> Zinga. <laughs> yeah, that starts on the 10th, so um, I doubt the court case will have wrapped up by then, but... I want no. to see if um, if they if they acknowledge that. Be interesting, but yeah, the um, discovery at the moment is extremely broad. But yeah, if they get the information they want, I can see a lot of other 
legal actions that come out of it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I wonder if, like, we'll start, as I start seeing a collapse of Kickstarter, it's already not the biggest, um, most popular thing anymore because people are realizing how many people were out there just for a con. But mm-hmm. um, I wonder, like, Kickstarter has been careful to defend themselves legally from being sued about it. But I'm curious to see if anything sticks to them or if they lose their credibility because too many projects are flopping. Yeah, right now I'm look, I'm checking at the uh, game section of Kickstarter and there are a lot. <laughs> there are a lot of games from like board games to uh, video games. Just... Yep. yep. And not having funding up front is what's killed a couple of projects I've worked on. We got to the point where we realized there was no way to continue without funding and we didn't have the funding and we couldn't afford to do it. But, um, and even now I'm working on a project part-time on the side. So we all have full-time jobs that we're working on and then we do the games on the side and yeah, I'm worried it won't do well when we eventually release, but you know, I'm in it for the, the experience and the fun of it. Mm-hmm. But I can't really see the whole, super massive crowdfunded indie sort of thing going on too much longer. If you just think if you did actually do the crowdfunding and you got half as successful with that as Star Citizen, you oh. have $150 million. And all you all have had to have done is draw a few pictures. Hello, Swiss bank account. And, <laughs> and, and just be an absolute arrogant turd about it. You don't have to be a complete Donato bastard about it, but it helps. Well, it's worked well for Star Citizen. Yeah, so this article was published in February. I hope things are looking up a bit. I hope uh, Luke worked out what he wants to do with his um, what he wants to do with his his work. Personally, Actually, you I've just gone... seen he's got a reply there um, from recently. Oh, here we are. I see it too. Yeah, he is going to work on finishing the game. So I hope that goes well for him, and I hope he his sales pick up and he can make something worthwhile. See, this has got like looking at some of the gameplay for <laughs> Infinitroid. It looks so much like a lot of the old shareware games you used to get. Yeah, and that was that was a great marketing technique. Is put it out there, let people play it, and if they like it, they can buy more. So, yeah. Maybe that's maybe he should go with it that in that direction as a shareware where it's just been released for free for this chapter and and classified as shareware and just put it out there on the net and let everyone go for their lives. Yeah, maybe bring back bring back the shareware approach. Viva la revolution! Hashtag. Let's get back to when games were fun. Hashtag make shareware great again. Someone shoot that. (laughs) Although I did, I have to say, the the make America great again. I think he was actually talking about grating the carrot and other bits and pieces for making salad. (laughs) No, that American cheese. I will never grate that. It's horrible cheese. It's bloody orange. I wasn't talking about grating the the cheese. I was talking about grating. Like the carrots and salads. Yeah, but this is Americans. They're not going to be that healthy, right? <laughs> wow. There'll be something deep fried in the as salad. His podcast advertises on American uh, websites. Oops. <laughs> Hello, America. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, I agree. We secretly with Buck. love you. We don't actually hate you. <laughs> I agree with Buck about the whole um being me made in shareware. I think like I, I'm right. I'm agreeing with um. The professor about the whole concept of Kickstarter, Kickstarters um, being collapsing as well, because nowadays pay, we got Patreon, and that's more successful than Kickstarter at the current at the current stage. No, oh, I don't think it's more successful. It's a different thing. I'm having Kickstarter a is here. about getting a, an end product. Patreon is about throwing a couple of bucks at someone to keep producing regular okay. content. So if you're going to do that, like you, you can release the game as a shareware and then patreon users can get extra maps and content yeah there you go we solved his problem 
<laughs> Luke, if you're listening to us, we got we got a solution to your problems. We accept royalties in our first <laughs> bank accounts. <laughs> and in the meantime, um, yeah, I, I I enjoy a good soy mocha. So yeah. <laughs> you can pay, oh. me a, pay me a mocha and danishes or something like that or salads i was just scrolling through the uh new projects on game projects on kickstarter and i'm very happy to see that simon stallenhag's probably pronounced it wrong simon stallenhag's things from the flood rpg got funded massively overfunded he um his team were looking for fifteen thousand australian dollars they got 465,000. Cool. This is um the sequel to Tales from the Loop, which was a sort of Stranger Things tabletop RPG inspired by Simon Stallenhag's artwork, mm-hmm. which is some really impressive stuff. It blends like cyberpunk, uh, sci-fi, and 80s and 90s culture really well. Okay. Anyway, so we'll uh, move on to DJ's topics. You came with three topics this week because you couldn't pick just one. <laughs> I couldn't pick just one, but and also not to mention, um, a lot of interesting things have happened in the world of movies and comics this week. Uh, well, last few weeks, actually. To um, as you know, today um, the Venom movie has <coughs> came out. Venom movie has been released, and I've. When I saw it this today, hey, just out of curiosity, has the Venom movie actually been released yet? <laughs> it's out. It's out now. It's out now. Ah, okay, I just wasn't sure. <laughs> so I took the opportunity to watch it today, actually, and it's it, it it's I I was in, I was hoping it would be some sort of dark movie, but it just didn't have that darkness at all. It just had action and humor hang on, and hang on, hang on you're you're hoping for a dark movie from marvel hey what can i say logan had it was dark and that was from marvel it wasn't that dark and it was... it's not really a like main marvel cinematic universe thing yeah 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 it was it was venom is, yeah. yeah venom is um i think is i haven't seen it it's a great but it's part of the MCU because it ties into Spider-Man, doesn't it? No, it doesn't. Uh, unfortunately, it was it, they wanted to, but um, Disney said... The origins said, of the lore are from Spider-Man, so that's where it's come from. I think that's what you, the professor was referring to there. Yeah. Yeah, the lore... And the... I hadn't realised they weren't doing it this time, but I know that the... Was it Andrew Garfield? The, um, the old Spider-Man movies from like 15 years ago? Uh, no, that's Toby Maguire. Toby Maguire. Yeah, I know that the one of them had Venom in it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's Topher Grace. To- uh, for those who don't know, Topher Grace, he's um, Eric from that seventies show. Uh huh. But um, yeah, I saw. I went and saw to- um, the Venom movie, and yeah, it was it had a bit of How humor. Many did they have running through? <laughs> um, not many unicorns actually. Okay. But I will say this, Tom Hardy nailed Venom really well. He nailed it really well. I can't see that poster without thinking of Miss Mad. Yeah, I kind of had that too. I kind of had that feeling too. But I will spoiler, I would say a little spoiler about that movie. It has some post-credit ah, scenes. Spoiler a lot. <laughs> hang on, hang on. How is that a spoiler? Like, hey, it, It's a Marvel Universe movie. Marvel movies always have trailer pieces. Like, and considering a few days ago when we were talking about topics before you'd even gone and seen it, you had an article about how it had like three, um, two post credit scenes, two post credit scenes. Only post credit scenes are at least as long as the actual movie. Yeah, <laughs> well, only two credit scenes. What two was it, was it for? Um, Guardians of the Galaxy had five. Yeah, they had like five. Yeah, five of them. Yeah, the original or the second? The second one. I think the first one had about five in it as well. Because you had where um, Groot was a teenager, and a few others in there. Yeah, the second one has five of them, and the first one has one, just one. No, it doesn't. 
Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. I'm serious. First one just had one. It was just basically um the the collector just sitting in a destroyed archive room. Yeah, what with about, uh, Howard the Duck. What about um with Groot as a teenager cuz doesn't Groot get sacrifice himself to save everyone in the first one yeah he does but then he grows back into a yeah but and yeah there's that scene where he's dancing one of the post scenes in that was him as a teenager well i got his to tidy up his room oh yeah i remember that now yeah oh wait no that's second one that's the second one you're talking about that's from the second guardians of the galaxy it is it is yeah so the second one has craglin trying to use um yondu's arrow Stucker Ogord uh, and his crew, which mm-hmm. was the scene with Sylvester Stallone, because bloody hell, that name's hard to pronounce. And then you got Groot being a teenage. Um, oh. Yeah, Aisha creating Adam and teenage Groot. And, and uh, you'll. Prattling on. Mm-hmm. And also a group of watches as well with Stan Lee. Prattling on. Yep. Uh, uh, yeah, the the Venom movie. It's good to watch if uh, if, if you want a good movie, good action, not a good action movie, but a movie to laugh at and stuff. But yeah, I remember uh, last year. Did you see the movie Life? Life. No, I lived it. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, There's it's a movie. A horror movie about picking up uh, a uh, alien from Mars and getting onto the ISS and then going all. The alien sort of thing crossover. Oh, I can't remember something about that now. Yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> I enjoyed it. It's a fairly like bog standard monster in a spaceship movie. <laughs> but I remember there being all this talk about how it's obviously going to be a pre Venom because there's a um, there was a scene in the trailers where they borrowed a clip of a crowd from one of the Spider Man movies. Mm-hmm. And yeah. they're like, it's obviously a prequel, and then turned out to not be true. <laughs> uh, but um, with the Venom movie, uh, the, my gr- only the other thing I was kind of w- upset about was I, I was thinking there'd be a lot of gore in this movie, but they Sony before the movie came out decided we're going to make this movie PG thirteen. So hang I was on, like, hang oh, on. you're expecting Marvel's- gore from a Marvel movie? Uh, hey, hey uh, I'm still gonna post. I'm I'm still gonna put point at Logan and see how. And that was a violent movie. It's yeah, still not a much. mainstream Marvel movie. That was well, an X Men, not Marvel. Yeah. Well, it did. Well, not in the current, <laughs> not in the current Marvel universe, but in the X Men, in the oh. old X Men universe, it, it's it's still following that movie. Is there even an X Men universe? I thought they've reset time and every uh so many times now no one has any idea what the actual timeline is well basically um from what i've gathered is um, no don't get into it no nah, i'm not gonna we have... don't have time yeah and we're not interested <laughs> everything you've just said is like kind of trying trying to like call it canadian american by saying <laughs> menace marvel uh um fair enough yeah. um what else has happened as well besides uh-huh. uh venom's the venom movie oh then a um, couple of days ago, the uh... this is where we find out the DJ doesn't remember his own articles. <laughs> nope, this is the one about how the X Men Dark Phoenix trailer has been delayed. The Dark Phoenix movie has been delayed again. <laughs> Literally right after the trailer came out, too. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's now moved up to February fourteenth. See, this oh, is the this is oh, the influence from, from of Marvel. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I just understand it. Like, why move from fe- from February to June all of a sudden? Like, what's the point? Because June is in the American summer, and uh, they like time. movies in summer because people like to go somewhere with air conditioning and go and sit and chill out for a few hours. Plus, it's also in the middle of the holidays, whereas February is at the end of the holidays, starting a school. Uh, yeah. So, therefore, if you're going to release a movie, it's always either it's the best to do it in either December or June. 
So as a result of this delay, uh, a couple of other movies have been delayed. For example, Gambit, the movie is now going to be on March 13, 2020, with Channing Tatum as Gambit. Yeah. Which, Don't worry, they've got time to delay it again. <laughs> uh, but by the way, the, the, the Gambit movie is going to be a romantic comedy, which I don't understand why. Um, it's, they, they're being influenced by Marvel to become rainbow-loving <laughs> unicorn-riding hippies. Uh, but an, a non-Marvel-related non movie has been de also delayed now. It's Battle Angel Alita. Uh, Alita Battle Angel. Get it right! <laughs> Uh, now that's been postponed to February 14, 2019. Oh. So I was like... Maybe, oh, that's, maybe oh. that was delayed as pushed the others back. But when you look at the artwork and everything in Alita, it's mind-blowingly beautiful artwork. Yeah. yeah well, I, I, hope the, I hope it's worth the wait for all these movies to come out. Well, except for Gambit, but I hope that both of those movies are worth the wait. Well, if they end up being shit, I'm sure your next article will help you drown your. <laughs> well, I, I I could I, I could drink away the pa I could drink away the uh, the pain, but with a Miyazaki beer, uh, which, which which I hope would be delicious. I'm well. I'm, I'm thinking maybe I should drink a couple of cases and drink away the pain of this show. Will beer <laughs> taste terrible to me? <laughs> so yeah, but if you drink enough of it, even the DJ makes sense. <laughs> oh, so um, recently, um, two of the Gib Studio Ghibli founders the, um, teamed up with a microbrewery to promote to um, Totoro beer, basically. Mm -hmm. It has a very nice looking picture of Totoro, and um, the ka uh, the kanji doesn't spell Miyazaki's name, but rather the rather the um, one of the other founders of Studio Ghibli. It looks really nice, the uh, bottle itself. Uh, let's see how does. I wonder does it say how much does it cost, though? Uh, oh, here it is. Uh, it's priced at 39 bucks for a six pack. I, mean, I don't buy beer, but that sounds pretty expensive. Yeah, because but. I can get a six pack of expensive recorder league for cheaper than that. But when you start looking at microbrew, say forth like that, that's actually pretty standard pricing from what I can remember. Fair enough. And let's not forget, just the other, while this beer is coming out, Game of Thrones whisk Game of Thrones announced they're releasing its own brand of whiskey. Mm -hmm. uh, thanks, uh, courtesy of Johnny Walker, and it's they, they it's called the White Walker. Yeah, and only if you're drinking a couple of them. If you drink too many, you're not walking. <laughs> <laughs> you're going from being the White Walker to the White Puker. Is there such a thing as a, a White Scotsman, like a White Russian, but? With whiskey, <laughs> um, no, but there are blue Scotsmen. I watch Braveheart. Oh, I see where he got that from. <laughs> Does no, that no, make no, you sad? There, there is actually a drink called the Blue Scotsman or something as well. Wait, how oh, can I see this? It's interesting though how some where it was. Um, someone was saying uh, that the bartender at a bar made them a drink called the Blue Scotsman. It's interesting okay. though how many um how many TV shows have come up with their own beer or beverage for that matter. Like, yeah, uh, it's a fairly easy um, tie-in. Yeah, even the. Oh, here um, we go. I did Google. There is a white Scotsman cocktail. Oh, okay. There's a flying Scotsman cocktail, and there is a blue cock blue Scotsman cocktail as well. Okay. <laughs> So basically, in the cocktail world, just combine color and nationality, and you have a drink. Pretty much. Um, Although for the um, blue, for anyone interested, the blue Scotsman, it's blue Caraca, dry vermouth, orange bitters, Scotch. That's all I can see at the moment. The flying Scotsman cocktail recipe. Oh, I can't see the blue Scotsman. Uh. The white Scotsman is rum chata and coffee, specifically from McDonald's. <laughs> I okay, I have no idea why it has to be McDonald's coffee, but alcohol drinkers confuse me. Mm -hmm. uh, speaking of uh, TV shows that have beverages of their own, do you guys ever remember that show True Blood? Yeah, I know of it. 
I didn't had, know it had a drink. Had its own um, drink release for a while, yeah. Yeah. It's still going, mind mind you. Oh, and that's currently un- unavailable, but I th- yeah, it's a 14 ounce for four pack. You know, yeah. ounce is a measurement of volume. Yeah, yeah. 14 ounces. Um, ah, but uh, I'd like to try I would love to, I would pay to try one of those Miyazaki beers. Well, you'd have to, unless you get, get arrested for stealing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, would you keep the bottle? Would you keep the bottle though, just for like collectors kind of thing, like after drinking the beer? Well, if you pay thirty nine dollars for a six pack, yeah, yeah. And it says it's got original art on it, so if you're into that, it's probably worth collecting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even if you didn't open the bottle, which reminds me of someone I saw on Reddit who had a collection of different flavors of Pepsi or something, mm-hmm. and some of them had not aged well. Um, one of the things you'll like with this is the fact that it's not coming from one of the macro breweries it is actually from a small brewery in the Niigata prefecture being brewed by a a Shigo beer so it's a and it's a genuine um, Japanese company as well oh yeah it's 100% it's purely and utterly Japanese. More than and, you can say for the White Walker, because I'm sure they didn't bother asking Westerners. <laughs> <laughs> Although I wonder if maybe a Croatian drink. I don't know what they drink in Croatia, but uh, it's the where they Sliver. film some of the like main scenes. So they drink Slivovitz in um, Croatia and the Slavic areas. Okay, which is a homemade peach. Um, brandy sort of thing. There, are, there and are some. Nice. And it's usually actually a cloudy white color, like you, or depending on how many times it's been distilled. But yeah, it's basically pure rocket fuel. There are a couple of Croatian beers as well. I'll post up in mm-hmm. the show notes. It reminds me of being on a um, Nord Cap at midnight in in a cloud, the uh, the northernmost point of Europe, and. Um, one of the guys had bought this Norwegian alcohol, which just burnt you to death. I don't know oh, what man. it was or what was in it, but one sip of that and everything burned. Mm-hmm. You get you get some of the um, vodkas. Their alcohol content is so ridiculously high. And as we were discussing a few weeks, which is famously high ABV as well. Hmm. We've spent quite a bit of time talking about booze now. <laughs> yeah. We are we are nerds amalgamated, not glass of wine. <laughs> Shout out to our other that's not canon friends. <laughs> so shout outs for this week. <laughs> that wasn't that was not a pun. <laughs> uh, shout out to Minecraft having you, you just forgot. Announced- uh, <laughs> you forgot. Oh, what- fine, fine. Shut up, shut up, shut up. You're gone. You're, you're done. Yes, I forgot the games. So, Bucky, what did you play? Um, I don't know. What did, what did, what have I been playing, DJ? Uh, you've been playing Vikings. Yep, Battle for Asgard. It's cool. So, yeah, um, played this years ago um, on the PlayStation 3 and saw it available with um, hum- Humble Bundle, and I thought, I'm going to go play that. And I have to say, it is a lot of fun, although, yeah, just very jittery when you're moving around with the mouse and so forth, it, which I think even on the PS3, it was still kind of jittery at times, if depending on how fast you moved. <coughs> so it's a programming issue, not a lag issue. Oh, no, it's not a lag, and it's not, it's not like it's slowing down. It's The sensitivity is just set automatically at a pretty high level. Oh, so that's can, unfortunate. Yeah, when you're moving around, you can move really, really quickly, which is good for when you're in combat stages. You can sit there and do a lot of stuff. But it's, yeah, it's a lot of fun. Like, don't, don't get me wrong. It is a lot of fun. Yeah, it just seems odd that they, like, it would end up being jittery. Yeah, it's just, it's, uh, I'm saying jittery, but I'm probably using the wrong word. It's just, it, it, it just moves really, really quick. Oh, okay. That's all right. Around. So, like, the game is 15 years ago, 15 years, like, almost 15 years old. 
Um, what console did you say you played it on? PS3. The PS3 hadn't been out that long. That says something about how old the PS3 is now. Yeah. And I still remember when I thought it was new. I'm getting old, Bucky. What do I do? <laughs> Quick, drink some Totoro beer. Um, I don't like beer. Drink, drink tea. Start, start working on your frown and going, you know, when I was younger... <laughs> I don't even I can play chess in the cafe and yell at kids. can do that now. Great. I used to do that when I was a teenager. <laughs> you mean... Seriously. I had, I had friends who played chess in competitions when I was a teenager, so we used to sit back at Maccas playing chess. Got to get the training in. Mm-hmm. 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 So, yeah. But, um, so the, the whole game system was set up for PCs that were, say, probably would have been... If, if you're lucky, an i5. So, yeah, running it on my i7 quad-core, it's probably a little bit overpowered compared to what the game requires. So, yeah, I've noticed that with a few of the older games, when you start putting it into systems that are more up-to-date, it starts to show some issues. Yeah. But overall, it's still a lot of fun. You run around and you get to hack up and chop up all the bad guys with a sword and an axe. You get... It to improve your weapons and abilities, you have to find me to take back to the camp and you fight the big bosses who are harder to kill than the others and you loot them. So, yeah, all up, it's actually really, it's actually really nice artwork and all that when you consider the time and everything. It was, yeah, it used to be a lot of fun to, pl- to sit back and play for a couple of hours at a time. Okay. Yeah. Are there any more as um, biking teams or? Um, Possibly, I can't remember off the top of my head at the moment. Sorry. Uh, hang a second. I'm just looking it through. I think this was based on the law. Like I got this one on PlayStation Three, and it was originally supposed to be for Xbox. Okay. Uh, this one, this thing came out 2012. That was around God of War, wasn't it? When yeah. That came out. I, I used to play both of them. God of War Three that came out 2012. No, 2010. Okay. Yeah, so. Well, I've been playing Rainbow Six Siege. Ah, yes. So what's the, what's the premise of the storyline for that one? <laughs> I think actually it does have a plot. Like, well, not really a plot, but the premise is um, that the anti-terrorist teams are competing against each other for training missions, <coughs> which is why you have, like, FBI on both sides. Okay. Although the amount of real blood says otherwise. So you got all the DLC, or no? I uh, it's not really DLC. It's more um, early access to particular characters and getting them unlocked automatically. Mm-hmm. I unlock all my characters by grinding. Although a few months ago they made that pointless for me because they unlocked all of the characters from the first two years or whatever for free. So all the characters that unlocked already were like. Not complaining, but it's nice having access to more characters. Yeah, yeah I'm looking at the um, the page and saying there are a couple of DLC stuff, like uh, with the recent one that just marches 6th onwards, and there's Operation Chimera Season 1. Yeah, the operations are when they add new characters. Okay. And they release them, and the new characters are locked to people who have the, um, the Operation Season Pass. Yeah. <clears throat> I don't think there is any actual DLC, like apart from new characters and maps. Yeah, yeah. So, did you ever play any of the Ghost Recon as well? Many, many, many years ago. <laughs> now you're yeah, so now. there's like medical DLCs. That's pretty much it. Oh, when was the last time I played? I think I, pl- uh, I don't think I played any of the Tom Clancy games. Would love to though. I love the destruction physics in this. game. One of my favorite things is using drones to mark locations and then blowing through a wall to take people out. Mm-hmm. And each character gets their own um, their own gadget. So you have one character on the defensive side who can see people through walls. But um, then you'll have someone on the attacker's side who has a... Um, <coughs> who has well, one of my favorites, Fuse. The people who play uh, the... Hostage maps will hate me for this, but Fuse has a device. He straps it to a wall, and then it shoots grenades through the wall. 
and they bounce around the room and blow everything up. Sounds like fun. Yeah, he's known for uh, people who use him as a hostage killer by accident because they'll go and whack in a um, whack it in on the the room that has the hostage in it. <laughs> yes, but is uh, the is it, is the destruction physics similar to what we see at Battlefield and Red Red Faction? Uh, mm, not as no. good as Red Faction. You can't knock a building down, and I think they're about on par with Battlefield. Can you shoot through walls in Battlefield? No. Uh, like with no. the wall still standing? Nah, nah. It's it, it it gets easily destroyed. Depending on which gun, though. Like if it's a RPG, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, if you get your rifle and just spray a wall, do the bullets go through? No, <laughs> not really. No. Okay. Yeah. So in this one, you can do that. Bullets penetrate walls. Mm. Um, you can whack up fortifications that will stop that, but then. The attackers might have a Fermite who can break down those fortifications and mm-hmm. other stronger walls. So there's a lot of different tactics, and <clears throat> a lot of developing your tactic for a particular match comes down to knowing what the other team has on their side. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you got you got to love um, all of the Tom Clancy games because of the fact that all of all of his stuff has always been so accurately presented and realistic in its portrayal. There's actually yeah, he, a TV TV show for after one of his Rainbow Six games came out, um, and they were looking at um, a lot of the modern warfare sort of stuff and a lot of the uh, things that are available, so with the drones and all that sort of stuff. So yeah, I think they even tried to make a series where they were looking at some of it, but yeah, he, they actually showed. Um, I think it was the British SAS doing a training operation against the Americans and the Brits actually managed to use a drone that they'd stolen from the Americans to drop in a C4 pack to where the Americans were hidden from nice. and explode it. So, yeah. Um, interesting news, guys, in regards to Rainbow Six. There's a Rainbow Six movie coming out soon. Has anyone else actually read the book? I haven't. I've read a couple of Tom Clancy, but none of the Rainbow Six books. I've read pretty much all of the Tom Clancy books. I have uh, well, when I say all of them, I haven't read the Net series and Op Center, not and Op Center ones. I've read all the um, Jack Ryan and John Clark stuff. So yeah. So what have you been playing, DJ? Uh, I've been playing Path of Exile lately. And yes, that is the Hallelujah chorus playing there in the background. <laughs> it's it, it's uh, I, I, it's it's been long since I last played uh, Path of Exile, and getting back to it, it, it's hard to get the mechanics back and get getting the controls back in order. But once you get that, gro- once you get understand the controls, it's easy just to get into the groove, just hitting waves and waves of monsters. Yep. Yeah, I think I'm on what act? I'm on act two. Okay. So I've de- defeated Minerva. Uh, is it Minerva? No, one of the sirens. I can't remember. It's a while since I played it as well. Yeah. But I was up a lot higher. Um. Yeah. So uh, for those one. who don't know Path of Exile, you it's a it's an it's an RPG style game where you develop your character and you increase their abilities, but you also um, increase their ability, like their armor abilities as well. So it's like Diablo, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Diablo on speed. So where yeah. Diablo three should have gone. <laughs> um, your, your armor ability. So you got a bunch of guys going, going. Oh yeah, I love Demon Slayer. Oh yeah. <laughs> no, you got a bunch of. You, you have different characters. Like, um, there's a witch, and there's a dual wielding character and then the character i was using which i think dj uses similar is more of a tank than a barbarian yeah and then you have a paladin sort of style who has a has a staff rather than a sword um and you have have a witch so you, you can do missions and all that and clear the map as a team as well so yeah you run through and you have Someone from all the different character, or for each of the character classes, and yeah, 
it's just absolutely insane. And the weapon, and you can also design your weapons um, as as you defeat your, as you defeat enemies. Some um, some of them drop gems, and yep. you can load them up to weapons, and they can pack a punch. <laughs> Fair enough. Anyway, we're going to have to uh, go to the shout outs because we're running over time. Ah, yeah. Okay. Yep. This week, our events of interest include the 110th anniversary of the Model T Ford, available in any color you like as long as it's black. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's from 1908. In 1952, Britain conducted their first atomic bomb test, which also, um, not this test, but a later one, makes the UK the only country to um, nuclear bomb Australia. Mm-hmm. Then in 1957, Sputnik was launched and really upset the Americans who wanted to be the first ones to space. In 1724, the Russian Academy of Sciences found, was founded in St. Petersburg by Peter the Great. It was called the St. Petersburg Academy of Sciences until 1970. Then in 1780, Americans got jealous and made the American Academy of Arts and Science in Boston with James <laughs> Baldwin, John, and Samuel Adams as founding members. Mm-hmm. And don't forget your Minecraft master. Yeah, yeah. My brain is skipping over everything tonight. That's all right. <laughs> so, other milestones. Minecraft has just announced Minecraft Dungeons, a new roguelike sort of game, uh, roguelite actually, and their new expansion, Village and Pillage. But they've also hit. 91 million active users and 154 million copies sold. Wow. And what astounds me about that is that they've still got such a high active percentage. Yeah. Because they're almost almost two-thirds of their player base are still active. And the game's been out for eight years now since it became really big. Mm-hmm. I was uh, 2009. Uh, my nephews and nieces last week. Whenever they come over, it's always one of the things that has to be put on the TV for them to play. <laughs> and yes, one, one of my nephews has got a. I haven't been keeping up with all the expansions and updates, but he's got one there where he's got um, sports cars and race cars or something, and you can build your own car and customize it and race it around. So, yeah, the Minecraft is, for Minecraft is amazing. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like you, you, I think I remember someone made an old school um, Game Boy Color, like a gigantic yes. version of it. They yeah. built uh, an emulator using in-game Minecraft. items and the command blocks. So not as impressive to me as if they built it entirely using redstone, which is uh, basically electricity. Mm-hmm. But they <clears throat> are running a full emulator in the game. Which is pretty damn impressive. So next up, we have The Nun becoming the highest-grossing Conjuring film. Now, how, how much movie? How much money did that movie made? Lots. Yeah. Let's move on. <laughs> yep. No, it's um three hundred and thirty million dollars worldwide. Almost as much as Star Citizen, and he hasn't <laughs> even done anything. <laughs> we'll use the nun to scare him to scare him to doing something now we'll just show him pictures to you and say we're going to send you to live with him <laughs> i still think they should call these the the warren investigations or something not the conjuring mm-hmm. universe yeah. <sighs> are they based on a series of books or something though um they're based on the true cases that the well not the the true for certain values of true but they're based on the cases <laughs> that the Warren family investigated. Yeah. And they wrote books about it, so I suppose you could say that. Um, so uh, an odd coincidence that I've been playing Rainbow Six this week. It's the fifth anniversary of Tom Clancy's death. Yeah, such yeah. a shame, but Amanda brought so much joy to so many people. Yeah. Yeah. And this week in um, 1985, Rock Hudson died of AIDS, the first major US celebrity to die of AIDS. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, poor guy. Yeah, it's not a pretty way to go in the eighties. Yeah, when when was um Freddie Mercury's death from ninety one? I think. Yeah, he was the. It was after that. Yeah. Mm. Anyway, that's all we have for tonight. Check us out on Facebook, uh, YouTube, YouTube. We're gonna have some YouTube videos coming up soon of us playing horror themed board games to get in the spirit for Halloween. We're not just pandering to the Americans. 
<laughs> but um, check us out there on our Twitter. Send us an email. And check us out on Spotify, which we just got onto last week. Well, this week. We're now on Spotify, available under ner- our new name, Nerds Amalgamated. Awesome. Yes. But that's all, so we'll see you next week. See you guys. Hooray. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.